and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. Ahoy, Tyler. Ahoy, David. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Now that we've uh, made ourselves laugh. We've started off with making ourselves laugh. Now we can make America laugh. Exactly. And think about films, hopefully. Yeah, because uh, the two go together so often. <laughs> um, all I can't right. say, you know, I read a Jonathan Rosenbaum book, and I'm in tears. <laughs> I am cracking oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, all right, we're podcasting. We are. Um, uh, it's a late night, a late night record. It's a, it's a, or a very early morning record, however you want to look at it. Um, I'll look at it as a late night record. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, uh, I don't want to do a lot of the late night records. Okay. I'll tell you why. All right. Because um, I live with my girlfriend, and I, I uh, w- luckily she's not home tonight. But I mm. feel like a, I feel like a misogynist when I tell her not to talk for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'll go ahead and tell this story on the air. This is a bad <laughs> not, story to tell. We're not really broadcasting. You know, that's, that's, that's fine, but you know okay. what I mean. Um, broadcasting enough to get me potentially in trouble. Um, so, uh, so this evening I, uh, I was alone. Jen was shooting uh, a wedding. Jen is my wife, by the way. Um, and uh, so she was coming back. She was going to be home at like 10, and I went to sleep at like 9, because uh, I was very tired, I worked today, and and you knew we were going to be podcasting, and I knew we were going to be podcasting. You want to be fresh. Failed to tell her, incidentally, and so <laughs> I was asleep, and then she came to bed, and then I woke up naturally at eleven thirty, and then I got a call from David saying, "Hey, where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh oh," and so <laughs> I go, to, I go to tell Jen, and I go, "Hey, Jen." I forgot that uh, I was supposed to go over to David's to do a podcast. And she's like, are you going over there right now? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's late. I was like, yeah, I know, but I got to I gotta go. She's like, that's fucked up. So, so I could tell she was mildly annoyed, but the ridiculousness of her using that phrase, um, and I apologize that I just swore I won't do it very often, um, but uh, I swear on occasion. Uh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I don't know why I said swear. Where I come from, we call it cussing. Cussing. Yeah, I but, come uh, from everywhere. So yeah, the, like uh, let's say an occasion such as maybe like the second hand descending. Mm-hmm. That's an occasion for me to sw- to, to cuss. You know, <laughs> uh, exhaling. <laughs> Got to spice that up. But it has bit. to be like a like a a deep. Exhale. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, like, I could tell she was annoyed, but her saying that caused both of us to laugh, and everything was fine. And here I am, recording uh, Battleship Pretension. Episode one. Episode one. Uh, Or the first episode that anyone will hear in its entirety. Um, Some of you have... About our fifth attempt. Yes. Attempt. Some of you have uh, probably heard our... uh, Samples um, on our MySpace page. MySpace.com slash Battleship Pretension. That's right, David. <laughs> so, um, and those will those will always kind of be up as a little introduction to us, both the way we think about movies, but also just kind of the way we relate to each other. And a good example, I think, of our personalities and sense yeah. of humor. So, um, all right. Uh, I don't want to get bogged down with introductions. I already told my ridiculous story about coming over here. Um, yeah. So, I want to ju- we should jump right into it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm ready. All right, so... I've been doing my vocal exercises. 
<laughs> Twenty dwarves took turns doing, doing handstands, handstands on, on the carpet. carpet. Twenty dwarves. Twenty dwarves. Twenty dwarves. <laughs> Twenty dwarves. Okay, All right, let's let's get right into it, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So first, uh, we are going to. We won't reveal what the topic is right away. Okay. But it will reveal itself because we're talking about The Departed first off. Um, of course, it won Best Picture, and uh, I am in the rather unenviable position of not really loving the movie. Um, what was your take on it? Uh, I I feel the same way. I mean, it was... It, it, in no way did I really think it was a bad movie. No, not at all. I just don't... It didn't blow me away, and it didn't seem like one of those films. No, and and the thing is, to be honest, I don't think it was trying to be, and I think it's just, you know... Yeah. It, it was kind of a bad movie year, and so yeah. a movie oh, that... Oh, yeah, why not? Give, we'll give it to Scorsese this year. Exactly. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Right. Um, so of course, the year when I'm like, damn it, I want Paul Greengrass to win, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the thing is, uh, it's... When I talk about it, people are like, wow, you really hated it. I'm like, no, I really didn't. It's just, there's so much good stuff being said about yeah. it, and I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, pretty much. Uh that I, you know, that's already said, and so yeah. the stuff I'm saying is why I don't love it, uh, which to some people is the equivalent of just completely hating it. Right. Well, um, it's like I was actually thinking recently. There are movies that sometimes I forget that I don't hate, like like say Crash, another Best Picture winner. Yeah, yeah. For much the same reasons. It's not. I mean, I don't hate that movie. It's not. It's not awful. No, it's, no. Uh, you know, it's it's not. It's not groundbreaking at all. I mean, no. I, I, I actually uh, knew that racism was bad before walking yeah, into the theater. Yeah. Um, but because it has the uh, the reputation yeah. uh, that it has and that, that wins awards and, and stuff, I, I feel like I hate it. Because yeah. I hate the fact that people think that it's that good. Yeah, and and I was the same way with The Departed. But a lot of other movies this year, I mean, I don't think Little Miss Sunshine should have been up for no. picture, but that's... that's uh, that's a topic for a different podcast. Yeah. Um, but to me, like, uh, there was a, I'll touch on some of the things that I, that I liked about it. Uh, the thing I probably liked most is the thing that was touched on the least, Matt Damon. Uh-huh. I think he had the toughest part uh, of the whole movie, because DiCaprio, you're with him the whole time. He is allowed to show a great deal of intensity, and... Um, you know, then you got Mark Wahlberg, who plays a, does a really good job in the part he's playing. But the nature of that, I, I've always felt that the nature of that part is, if you play the line, if you just say the lines the way they're supposed to be said, you've done a great job. It's just yeah. written to be a great part, right. um, memorable at least. Uh, and then Nicholson, so all, all, all Mark Wahlberg had to do was uh, his his vocal exercises. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't mean to you know say his performance is bad. I think he you know. Like, there are certain things you can get just from the way he says his lines, the way he stands, the, you know, that aren't in the words. Like, his relationship to Martin Sheen. Um, like, you really feel like a father-son thing there. Yeah. Um, or I always got the impression of a nephew and uncle, but that, whatever. So um, I think Martin Sheen is just naturally avuncular. That, that's true. That's true. And... Yeah, he's he's everybody's uncle. He's America's <laughs> uncle. He sure is. Um, there but is don't int- cause him to lose his FCC license. <laughs> uh, this is a callback to a conversation that, that uh, we so didn't. So maybe, bro- maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> 
But if you've seen the trailer for for Talk to Me, uh, then you probably know what I'm. Which I haven't. David actually had to explain (laughs) it to me. So there are several uh, layers of uh, you don't get it. Um, So anyway, uh, now Nicholson is very good in in his role, but there's nothing at all hard about his role. He can basically just be an evil bastard. Now he is very funny in the role. He is menacing, um, and all that. And basically, what I say is just like. He is the character that you just love to hate, whereas Matt Damon is a character you just hate. Um, yeah. Now, I find him to be kind of sympathetic, but, like, to take a character who is weaselly uh-huh. and uh, and just dishonest and just all these just really negative things, uh, but not negative in the way you can get behind them, like, with Nicholson and be like, ha-ha, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> but just weaselly, like, oh, he caused the death of Martin Sheen. Uh, sorry, Martin Sheen dies in The Departed. <laughs> Uh, I'll touch on that in a second. Um, Which you, you you would know if you if you've seen the original. Infer- that's true. Infernal Affairs, because I had seen the original. Yeah. And in watching The Departed, you know, I was maybe like twenty minutes in, and it occurred to me, I was like, oh man, Martin Sheen is going to get thrown off a building, and <laughs> Which, I love him. Yeah, and it's uh, and I've I still haven't seen the original. I I've rented it twice, and uh, it's good. Still haven't got. I know. I it's really want to see it. Um, so like. So Matt Damon having to take all these negative things that are called a character and turning it into a viable, believable uh, character is really amazing. He has gotten almost no press for it, and that's a shame because I think he's probably the, his is probably the best performance of the film. Now, but that's not that's not what we're talking about, right? Sorry, well, we I had are a t- hiccup there. That's fine. Um, what we are talking about. Uh, and what will actually take us into uh, our topic is uh, the violence of the film. Yeah. I f- now, what what is your... T- it's a very well, violent well, no, film. I think, I think you should start, because it, it was your idea to use start this film to, to lead okay. in, so maybe you should start. I try, I wanted to pick a movie that everyone basically everyone has, has seen. Um, yeah. Having, I work at Blockbuster Video, by the way, and Departed flew off the shelves. We, people, if, they, if it was not available to rent, they would just buy it. Um, yeah. They just there was so much you know hype around the movie. They just assumed they would love it, even yeah. without having. So they just had no problem just buying it, and that's it. So, um, and it is a very violent movie, and I am I am not the sorry. David's cats are fighting, and it's <laughs> distracting me because I don't want to get caught in the crossfire. Right, they're um, contributing to our conversation on. They violence. really are. Yes, they're inspiring me. To be like, oh no, come on! Violence isn't the answer, guys. Um, <laughs> but our, our discussion today is not the morality of violence in cinema. No, specifically, more about the art of violence. Yeah, and when violence is exploitation, and when it's art. Right, right. And but I mean, you you could say that exploitation is immoral. Right, but we're not, um, what I'm saying is we're not we're not like Jerry Falwelling. This oh right, yes, yes. Okay, no, that's a different thing. Um, so like. Uh, with The Departed, some of the violence, I think, for example, when DiCaprio gets shot in the head. By the way, DiCaprio gets shot in the head in The Departed. Um, sorry. Oh, man. Um, yeah, we should have said early on that uh, we will not be avoiding spoilers on yeah. this show. This I mean, is, because this is not, and, and maybe, I mean, we're 15 minutes in. Maybe yeah. it's time to like set out sort of the mission statement okay, of the show. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is not... Uh, a review-based show, right? Um, when it, it, it's sort of a, 
a representation of the kind of conversations, and I'm almost exactly quoting our website. That's fine. But, uh, the BattleshipPretension.com, David? BattleshipPretension.com uh, hmm. is the website. Fascinating. Uh, when, when, when film geeks, it's the word I, I like to use, mm-hmm. you know, buffs, as other people say. Um, Real nerds. Another reference to a sorry, conversation yeah, yeah, that we sorry. had. Um, uh, when, when real film geeks get together, when they talk, they don't. It doesn't. They don't sound like, say, Ebert and Roper or, yeah. or something like that. You know, the, those sort of shows, and there are plenty of them, and plenty of them are good, and they serve a purpose. Yeah. But since there are already plenty of them, and plenty mm-hmm. of them are good, yeah. we don't really need to go down that path. Right. So this is a, a maybe a little more esoteric. Uh, hopefully, are uh, being. Uh, I don't know, jolly and uh, oh, yeah. hilarious, will give an entry point to people who uh, aren't film geeks in the way that we are. But now I've lost my train of thought. But uh, th- this show will re- will represent something else. Uh, yeah, uh, like, for I other mean, it's a, little, it's a little deeper, and we're not about... I mean, Ebert and Roper, it's a, it's a great show. I really like... I, I respect both of them, and um, I, I like Ebert especially. I think uh, I really admire him as a film critic um but the show is it's a review of movies that are coming out and so you can't really give anything away otherwise people will be angry right it's not a an in-depth dis- analysis of them it's just talking about hey you should see this or you shouldn't see this right and you know we are discussing stuff that has been out for a while and yeah. so and we're an, and we're analyzing it so i think we yeah also, it's a function of us not having, not obviously being invited to critic screenings That's true. and not having enough money to go see every movie. That's true. Like, we're um, talking about violence, and uh, neither of us has seen 300, which I uh, yeah, imagine would yeah. have to be germane to this conversation at this point. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but I can't, we can't really speak to it. Well, now I feel like it's incomplete. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, okay, yeah, so I apologize. I should have said that there are spoilers. Um and the thing is, I, I don't want to give spoilers just for the sake of giving them, um, and just be like, hey, guess who Kaiser Soze is? Um, but, uh, it's Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. but <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that at this point. I tried to pick one that uh, people would be aware of already. Um, yeah, just don't mention, uh, Hide and Seek, starring Robert De Niro <laughs> and Dakota Fanning. <laughs> uh, which you could, which you t- were able to guess from the preview, in fact. I deciphered that from the trailer, which I am not uh, a guess the ending kind of guy. Yeah, I think I tend to I, I tend to uh, uh, surrender myself to movies a little more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was just really painfully obvious. I don't think I ever actually saw a trailer of it, and I've not <laughs> seen the movie, and I, I was able to just avoid that movie completely. Um, okay, let's get back. Yeah, uh, but to get back to the departed anyway. So, uh, and that's the thing is to discuss characters' deaths in the departed. Is, it's you know, it's if you're going to talk about violence in the movie, you have to talk about yeah. the fact that a lot of characters <laughs> die, um, and DiCaprio near the end, almost to the very end of the movie gets he gets shot in the head very abruptly. You're not expecting it yeah. for a while, and then a uh, veritable bloodbath occurs after <laughs> right. that. Um, but you're not expecting it, and it's almost absurd. It happens so out of the out of the blue. Yeah. I was, and it made people laugh in the theater that I was in. Wow. I think out of surprise. Like at first, I thought it was something that maybe Scorsese had done wrong. Like maybe he had manipulated it in the wrong way, and he got a bad reaction out of people. Yeah. But no, I think it's just you don't see that coming. You're not conditioned to think, oh, this character could bite it. 
in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was just they were shocked and just laughed because they didn't know what else to do. Um, and so, uh, so I wasn't really on board with the way his character died, but I am now. I think his death represents everything that I've always kind of wanted to see in a movie, which is DiCaprio's character goes through a lot of emotional turmoil. He's constantly afraid of being killed um, or just being exposed. And just he really, you know, he doesn't really feel any human connection with anybody. Um, And so for him to go through all this up and down and just go through so much only to be shot in the head and it's all cut and it's all just, you know, right. cut off right there and just and it's and it's over and you're like all that just to be just cut down like that yeah. and then just and I think that is what violence is. Like I've always wanted to <laughs> a deleted scene on the first Austin Powers actually does something like this where I've always wanted to see like a henchman from an action movie right, like yeah. you see his day, you know, and you see him like kiss his wife I mean you like you wouldn't play it for comedy you would just see him like he goes and gets something to eat you know like he's on the phone with a friend or something and then he reports into work and gets shot in the face by uh-huh. James Bond or right. something like that <laughs> you know and then all of a sudden you feel like you have lost somebody other than a movie character you feel like you've lost somebody you know not necessarily a friend but somebody that you know and at least cared about right so that that death in particular in The Departed is uh not only, uh, I mean, I think Martin Scorsese has off, always been, uh, even though he's made a lot of um, violent movies, he's mm-hmm. always been responsible with violence. Yeah. In, in, the, in not, you know, glorifying it. And But DiCaprio's death is not just responsible by violence, it's actually uh, almost educational about it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's making a point about violence and by doing what you just described. And that's the thing, by, yeah, by not over-stylizing it, he's just saying, this is what it is. You know, this is uh, this is the life that these guys, you know, yeah, have chosen, and this is the consequence of it. It's not. There is no bullet coming at you in slow motion. There is no moment of realization. It comes out of the blue, and it's over like that. Right, but it's not. Uh, I want to say something about what you just said okay. uh, about it being the life that they've chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. That kind of a morality tale, though, I don't... Oh, no, no, is no. That, is no, yeah, yeah. saying, well, if you get into this, this is what will happen. Right, right. Because DiCaprio is the good guy, you right, know? I mean, right. there are other movies like uh, like The Way of the Gun, yeah. which is in the title right there. Yeah. If you choose, you know, live by live by the sword, die by the right. sword. And that's what that's about. These mm-hmm. people entered into this life, that's what they expect. And even though DiCaprio has, in a sense, entered into this life, it's about more than that because we like him so much. Right, right, yeah, that's... Uh yeah, I don't know why I made the the point the point of like the the life they chose because um, well, I didn't mean to chastise you. No, that's 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 fine. I I, I guess I'll just shut up for a while. I'm not going <laughs> to shut up. Um, you can't shut me up, David Bax. I'm going to keep talking, and boy will I. Um, and uh, but I will say that the one thing that bothered me, like when when Jen and I both saw when when we saw the movie, both of us were left with just a feeling of dissatisfaction. Uh huh. Um, and I think for me, what did it was, spoiler alert, when Matt Damon gets shot in the head. Um, <laughs> that's a common theme, by the way, of The Departed is shots to the head. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, it's at the end. Basically, everyone's dead at this point, including uh, 
all of like Matt Damon's criminal contacts. Uh-huh. So for all intents and purposes, he is a cop now. Right. You know, like I mean, he's just a full-fledged cop, and I feel like he probably could go on to be a good cop. You know, yeah. I think I don't think he would go and you know look for bribes or anything. I think he's out from under the thumb of Jack Nicholson uh-huh. because Jack Nicholson is dead <laughs> and has been shot several times. <laughs> um, and so he's out from under that. And I think it just will allow him to just be a cop. So that said, when he is eventually shot, I won't, I won't say by who, but you'll know it. You'll see it coming. Um, when he is eventually shot, it's just, it's giving the audience what they're asking for. And I never like that. I think I would have liked it more if he had just, if he was just left with all these people's deaths on his hands and on his conscience and he's just left alone and he just has to live with that, live with knowing that all of this is his fault. Like to kill him is to a, let him off the hook and B, it is to kind of give credence to the idea of redemptive violence. Like, well, he deserves it, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, that, that's what bothered me, I think. And I think like DiCaprio's death, I'm not for his death, but the the execution of it is um, was great, and I really am on board with that. Whereas Matt Damon's death, I think, kind of was leading people in a in a bad direction. Well, um, let's uh, like since it's not a, a review based show, let's let's yeah. move on from the Departed. Yes, yes. Uh, I want to mention something that uh, you just said: uh, redemptive violence. Yeah. And I, um, I want to mention uh, two movies. Okay, um, one is a history of violence. Yeah, it's on my list here. And the other one is Man on Fire. Oh yeah, with Denzel Washington, which is um, uh, both both of those movies are, I think, specifically uh, a look at the redemptive mm-hmm. possibilities yeah. of violence. Uh, Man on Fire and Man on Fire in a in a very overt way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, History of Violence is a little uh, a lot more going on mm-hmm. with it. Um, and both movies are kind of radical in the sense that they don't. You don't come out of it saying, "Oh, well, obviously, violence is the wrong way to redeem yourself." Right. Uh, they they both exist in a much more cloudy moral mm-hmm. area. Um, in Man, in Man on Fire, you get to see more stuff blow up. Uh, the, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, both both are very violent movies, and most uh, a great deal of the violence and, and the the. the brutal merciless violence mm-hmm. is done by the sympathetic character yeah and yeah history of violence it's interesting you brought up man on fire because i think that's a really good example and i didn't even think of it um but history of violence i think it was one it was my favorite movie of 2005 it's directed by david cronenberg who's become one of my favorite directors the last few years um he made the good crash he made yes he made the crash not about racism which is bad but about uh, people who get sexually aroused by car crashes which is good i don't know i can't that's it's good for them it's, it sure is um but uh although when i'm driving on the 101 <laughs> i'm keeping an eye out for these people <laughs> that's the last thing i need when i'm sitting there bleeding to death is two people just staring at me getting all aroused um the conversation has taken a weird turn, um, but yeah, history of violence. I think when I when I think of like violence done right and 
what I mean is like just the stance on violence and the and the execution of it. But um, I think that's what we're talking about here is that violence can be done correctly. Yeah, a movie being violent does not mean that it is it is base, right, and exploitative, right. Like it's like some people. Um, some of them are relatives of mine. Um, say it's just like like oh that movie's it's my favorite movie of last year was called The Proposition, which is a, uh-huh. a, a western kind of in the same vein as like Unforgiven, where it explores the inherent uh, violence of the western genre and comes out kind of against it. Uh-huh. And um, so I was discussing uh, The Proposition with uh, my pastor in uh-huh. uh, southern Missouri. And my mom's like, "What are you doing watching that?" Blah blah blah, and uh, and I was like, "Well, it's." I had mentioned that it was violence. She's like, "Well, you shouldn't be watching that." And I'm like, "Mom, it's violence in service of an anti-violent message, or at yeah. least a thoughtful meditation on violence." How is that? You and, know, and any how worse? Is it even possible to make a good movie that's anti-violent without having violence in it? Well, and that's the, well, yeah, not well. <laughs> that could lead to the to a breakdown of uh Christian movies which yeah. uh purport to uh say yes we know all about this world we won't show a damn thing right. we won't show any swearing or anything like that but uh yeah i mean it has to, a movie has to i think to honestly talk about a certain subject has to at least take some part in it and of course these people i mean i'm not you know going to rag on christians here yeah, yeah, yeah. these are the same people who you know paid 300 million dollars to see passion passion of the christ exactly but I, uh and i wonder if is the thinking that it's okay if it's uh masochistic as opposed to sadistic well and that's and here's the thing is like i've always said that the bible if somebody just made us just a straightforward adaptation of the bible the whole bible uh-huh. which would be a very long movie uh that would be a hard nc-17 i mean yeah. that like but it's in service. I am a, I am a Christian. I, I, that's why I feel it's okay for me to rag on them. Uh, because <laughs> I have seen the worst... Christian movies, by the way, are some of the worst things you'll ever see in your life. Uh, what was the one we watched? Time, uh, uh, it's called Time Changer. With, with Paul Rodriguez? With, <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yes, with Paul Rodriguez, comedian Paul Rodriguez. Have you seen um, his star? It's over there at the Gower Gulch. <laughs> of course it is. That's yeah, awesome. it's just just a little bit south of the actual Walk of Fame. <laughs> but if you're if you're if you're you know walking past the to goes at the Gower Gulch at Sunset and Gower here in sunny Hollywood, California, and you look down, you will see Paul Rodriguez almost by accident. It just, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it's like somebody was walking with his star tripped and it happened to land in a thing of wet cement and they're like well I'll just leave it there um, <laughs> so um, oh, what was I even talking oh anyway um, and that's the thing I think violence even graphic violence in service of a message you believe in you know a, a pro life not in the abortion sense but just a pro living um anti-violence message like I think people are, are all for that which is why I think a lot of Christians could get behind Passion of the Christ because right. it's graphic and disgusting but it's in service of something that they're all for it's funny you mentioned you said uh, 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 pro-living and anti-violence mm-hmm. it makes me uh, think of another movie that's about violence that I absolutely 
a movie that I absolutely abhor. Okay. And that's Fight Club, which uh, is yeah. a movie that, for most of its length, is pro-living through violence. Yeah. Uh, which I think is... And, and it also it depicts this as being a specifically male trait. Yeah. And this offends me yeah. as a male... And just as a human being in general. Yeah. Uh, and what offends me even more about that film is that uh, 20 minutes before the end, maybe 15 minutes before the end, mm-hmm. I don't know, I've, I haven't seen it in a while, um, it decides to change its mind, just to, to sort of redeem itself. To, to Yeah. yeah it, it wants to have, it, have its cake and eat it too, as the saying goes. And I know you hate that saying, For so for you to... Well, I think I've thought about it more, and I, I think I'm okay with the saying. Okay. What about uh, guess, crossing a bridge when you come to it? I know you hate that one too. Uh, yeah, but I use that one all the time. <laughs> but what I don't like about the to have your cake and eat it too is that why would you why would you want to have a cake except for to eat it? Well, some of them. Okay, my wedding cake was it was it an erotic cake? Uh, not that I remember. I mean, I guess you could because <laughs> you can get those in theory. You know? th- yes, yes. And I guess some people might want to have that cake. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like porn. It's hard cake to come by these days. Was very pretty. It was called the Mad Hatter cake, and like it was like a tri-level cake, but it was like parts of it were like lopsided on purpose, and it looked I, really interesting. I remember that? I was there. Yeah, you wasn't were there. I? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> apparently, physically, but not mentally. Um, but uh, you know, someone would want to have that cake. But we've gone horribly off topic because uh, <laughs> now we're going to talk about my wedding, and uh, well, anyway. So Man, it was hot that day. It was hot that day, and I was in a damn tux, and so well, was I. Yeah, that's that's right. Yes, I yeah. made you get a tux because you were not sure. So, um, oh, jeez. Off the rails. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what people tune in for. Exactly. They want to hear all the dirt about my <laughs> marriage and <laughs> and my wedding cake <laughs> and sayings you hate. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sayings so, I hate but use. <laughs> exactly, yes. And then like, I, like, clench up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why did I say that? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, I hate Fight Club, yeah. and I don't say I hate movies very often. Yeah, I've really I lo- I loved it at the time, and I know you didn't even like it at the time. I saw it with you. Yeah, and uh, I liked it at the time. I found it to be you know very cool, very amusing. And as time is, and I think it was just function. You know, we were like what 17 when we saw it. Yeah, I think that's the perfect age to see that you get one year older it's out like right. <laughs> uh you you get you grow older and you realize oh yeah this is uh this movie is almost almost immoral in its philosophy and yeah. just and the fact that it doesn't want to totally commit well frankly we could have an entire podcast about the flaws of fight club so um um yeah I, we i'm could. actually all for it but um, <laughs> as far as um I think we should we should we should uh, come to our close here okay. by talking about. I mean, we we've been talking about movies that do it right, yeah, or movies that do it interestingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are plenty of movies that are immoral. Oh in yeah, the depiction of violence. I'd like to start off by, by all means. Go ahead by mentioning Bad Boys Two, which Bad is, Boys Two. That's the sequel. Yeah, which is one of the most morally offensive movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay, uh, there are so many instances in that movie where within the world of the movie it's impossible to accept that many many innocent people are not dying 
the, <laughs> there's a lot of collateral damage in that movie. And yeah, but and that, but there's the one part, and it pisses me off even worse when there's the the chase across the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, the car chase, and the, everything is exploding, and there's cars flying all over the place. And I'm sitting there watching this movie, uh, thinking. How can they justify this? All these people must be dying. And then in the next scene, Joe Pantoliano has a throwaway line like, "You're lucky no one was hurt." And I'm like, oh, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that is not at all possible. And right. the, you know, it's a Michael Bay movie, so that is a way on the back burner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's actually you know to kind of bring it back to like what I liked about DiCaprio is like. Like, I think a movie that is immoral with violence is one that just does not even consider that kind right. of thing. Just, it's like, ah, these characters aren't even real anyway, whatever. And it's just like, well, they're real, they're kind of real to us. Right. You know, and so, like, it'd be an inter- you know, I think it'd be an interesting short film to just so- show somebody, you know, like a housewife or something, like, going and getting groceries, making phone calls, you know, trying to plan out things. Uh-huh. She's on her way to go pick up her son from daycare happens to be crossing this bridge <laughs> boom and she's dead and it's right. just like meanwhile martin lawrence is like well man this is awesome and it's like <laughs> you know like that would i think that's yeah. what's frustrating but there are that. movies um that uh don't uh maybe respect the lives of the characters that, that are killed but that's part of their aesthetic and that yeah, there's yeah. a nihilism to them that's mm-hmm. part of the the fun of the movie i guess Such i'm as thinking what? of maybe uh the the shaft remake john singleton's <laughs> shaft <laughs> that's true which is a pretty violent movie yeah uh but it it i think it's aware of its nihilism yeah and it's part of the world the movie creates and that makes it okay that's the thing is like you with that, you get the impression that people were that they were it occurred to them at least that they right. they thought, well, there's a lot of stuff going on here, there's a lot of violence, you know, where do we fall on that? And they decided to just kind of go ahead anyway. You just know that with Michael Bay, he just he does not care. even care. Yeah. It do, it's not even he just, it doesn't occur to him. I think he's literally probably oblivious. And then maybe someone threw out there, it's like, you know, Mike, uh, there's probably a lot of I think probably a lot of innocent people died, and he's just like. Um, throwing a line here. Well, I can't write it, but get a get a writer <laughs> and have him write a line about how everything's fine. So um, you're lucky no one was hurt. <laughs> uh, um, so well, let's. Uh, how about uh, you mention uh, you? I want you to bring up a movie uh, that's immoral in its depiction of violence, and then maybe we'll think about wrapping this up. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting we we're discussing Michael Bay, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I okay. This is not a graphic movie. I think that is... Uh, I think that's against it. It's a war movie. A, it should be graphic. Right. It should be gritty. Um, now, Michael Bay has never had an ounce of grit to him. <laughs> um, but, like, like here I, on my little list here, I've got Pearl Harbor versus Saving Private Ryan. Uh-huh. And it's such an easy thing to say. But, like, you know, Platoon or just any war movie that is great... Letters from Iwo Jima. Letters from Iwo Jima. It says it. It explores the notion that maybe war is horrible. Maybe right. it is for even if it's even if it's in fa- like Saving Private Ryan. It's war against evil, literally. Like right. the Nazis, I think represent evil, even if specific people, you know, even if the specific soldiers are just whatever. Um, but like, it's a it's a war. No one can really say we are doing something wrong. Right. But. Regardless of that, it's still really hard on the soldiers and um, really difficult. 
So I think that's a movie, it really just shows war as hell. Pearl Harbor, when it shows the, 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 the you know, the, the air raid on Pearl Harbor, um, there's a, I don't know why it took me way too long to figure that out. Um, that one, war is cool. It's all about getting good shots, and it's really, yeah. like, he's really trying to make things so cinematic that he fails to realize these people are, these are actual people that died. Right. And Maybe, even the parts of the movie that happened before the attack yeah. are immoral in their depiction of violence yeah. in this sense. Okay. Everyone who sees that movie knows what's going to happen. Yes. And it builds up yeah. to it like it's like it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, ride. it like doesn't. You can't wait for it. It does not build it up with a sense of dread, like maybe like, Titanic or like well, Titanic I like, or like I like Titanic. I don't no, know. I do too. Okay. Pearl Harbor made me love Titanic. <laughs> I didn't like it, and then I saw Pearl Harbor. I'm like, whoa, this is way better than I than I remember. Um, yeah, or like United ninety three. Right. You know it's coming, and there's just this sense of like, I know it's coming, and I don't want to. Whereas Pearl Harbor, you're like, I know it's coming, and I can't fucking wait yeah sorry i just swore again or cussed cussed cussed. so um and that's the thing is just it's 40 it like the the air raid is like 40 minutes long and i think it is i think it is literally immoral for people to be walking out of a theater that depicts a battle that actually happened and people were actually killed and they walk out thinking like man that was cool yeah, because I think that is entirely the wrong attitude to take, but it is taken by. It's hardly even the audience's fault. To yeah, yeah. That. No, it's yeah, visually it's a it's a great sequence. Yeah, and it is it is cool. Yeah, in, in a sense. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> and even if it was fictional, it's still the the concept of just glorifying war yeah. in the worst ways possible. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see that like the U.S. Navy sponsored Pearl Harbor. Um, <laughs> The movie, not the act. Um, so uh, conspiracy theories. You'll hear a lot of them here on Battleship Pretension. You sure will. Um, but anyway, so now we didn't get to all the movies on our list, but uh, we didn't get to a lot of the topics that I wanted to get to. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's not. I, I think when you and I, you and I, when we talk, when we're not podcasting, yeah, we can go for hours. Oh yeah. And I can feel this is going to be a, a running thing with me that I'm going to feel like, man, I can't believe we have to cut this short, but I don't. But the beauty of having a long-running podcast is we can always revisit violence in cinema. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even get to mention funny games. I have it. I have that one written here, Do you? Too. All yeah. right. Um, I don't think we mentioned anything foreign. Yeah, we're, not, we're not pretentious enough today. Damn it. Everything was, like, made after 1990 and in America. But I think that's, I think that's good because I think, uh, you know, certainly, like, the last 20 years, violence... Right. Attitudes towards violence just in the world have changed. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's probably a good, you know, good to kind of centralize on movies that have come out in the last 20 years. Yeah. So, um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to funny games, you know, in the yeah. future and, and, and some other things. Um, but anyway, so we'll wrap. This has gone by wicked fast. For us. I, I, I hope it's gone by fast for the, for the yeah, listener. Yeah. I hope they're not like beating their head against their yeah. their dashboard. For some reason, I imagine people are driving while they listen to this. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, one thing I want to mention um, to uh, for the uh, Angelinos, the mm-hmm. those who uh, share residence in the great city of Los Angeles yeah. with me and Tyler, um, Thursday. That's this Thursday, March 29th, at the Silent Movie Theater. The film that is our namesake, uh, Battleship Potemkin. 
will be playing at 611 North Fairfax Thursday night. I don't know if I'll be able to make it for, for monetary reasons. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'm going to see the wind that shakes the barley this week with with you, yep. and that might drain all my <laughs> all my uh, movie ticket money reserves. But uh, if you're in Los Angeles and be a free Thursday night, go see it. Six Eleven North Fairfax. It's Battleship Potemkin. It's only 75 minutes long, and it is uh, one of the most important and one of the greatest movies ever made. Seeing in the last two minutes, you brought us right back around to that pretension part. Yeah, uh, we, we have rec- <laughs> we have both, and I, yes, I highly recommend seeing. Battleship Potemkin, uh, it is fan, it, not fantastic, uh, but uh, but just you really do get I think a sense. It's fantastic. No, it is fantastic. But like you know, like when I saw it in film school, I was like, wow, this is really good. And a lot of it is just like I was just overwhelmed with the sense of history you get from it. Yeah. And um, and the filmmaking itself is fantastic. Uh, it was just one of those things where. At the time that I watched it, I was like, this isn't anything special. Granted, it came out 80 years ago, but in my head, it wasn't anything special. Uh, I think, yeah, you kind of... I See, I don't, I don't know if I would, uh, completely agree with that for Battleship Potemkin, but for a lot of the older films, like maybe um, like A Trip to the Moon, the, yeah. the short film, uh, you have to have a sense of historical perspective yeah, yeah. to appreciate A Trip to the Moon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's got its whimsy or whatever, but it's uh, by today's standards, it's... it's film school crap as far as the, <laughs> the, the special effects and stuff but yeah. uh, it, it's a, a gr- groundbreaking film yeah so anyway we said that um anything else you want to add uh let's see well um i would say just uh, go to our oh i mean i guess you're listening to this on our web page but you know look or at, at uh, burner probably or, uh, that's true or feedback yeah, but go to go to battleshipretention.com yeah and then you can you know you can uh, there are links there to David's blog um, about his MySpace blog about mostly politics yeah news and um, politics I guess and uh, mine which I don't update very much anymore but it it is uh, movie related because uh, as I often say it's the only thing I know anything about <laughs> and um, then there's my other blog which I have not updated since last yeah. September but will be updated I swear hopefully by the time this airs yeah. Uh, who knows? Okay, so is that it? That is it. Okay, well, our um, our chilling theme music was written by Cole Pesak. Yes, yes, good, our, good job our, uh, that. our captivating logo was assembled by Teresa Roberts. Yep. Uh, Tyler and I were designed by Jim Henson. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, and I want to give uh, we want to give a big thank uh, thank you to Michael Musio. Yeah, uh, check out his podcast Hudson and Gaines. It's great. Hudson I'll put, and it, I'll put it in the show great. notes. Yeah. Okay, so. so we are episode one in the can. Uh, docked. Do- Battleship attention Do- docked. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> All right. Um, so that's uh, so that's it. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, this is David Bax. I'm Tyler Smith. Uh, we'll get you next time. On Battleship Pretension. On Battleship Pretension. Oh, you got to have the last word, huh?